chaplet of divine mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God. He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the 
the sake of his sorrowful passion. For 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 the sake of his sorrowful passion. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah.
the sake of his sorrowful passion. For 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 the sake of his sorrowful passion. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the ever wondered how it would be possible to make your cup of coffee an even greater joy? Coffee of the Cross brings you great coffee for a great cause. We roast on Mondays and ship on Wednesdays direct to you from Nicaragua. All proceeds go to fund the Mountain of Peace Shrine, inspired by St. John Paul II, where thousands of people come on pilgrimage to pray for peace and consecrate themselves to Our Lady. Coffee of the Cross is a non-profit project of the Diocese of Matagalpa with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Fill your cup with Coffee of the Cross, knowing that you are employing families and conserving a natural treasure, the Mountain of Peace Shrine. Please visit coffeeofthecross.com for more information and to purchase your coffee today. That website again is coffeeofthecross.com. It's time now for the KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Each week at this time, we present interviews on topics pertinent to Catholics in North Texas. And now, here is this week's Interview of the Week. 
All right, well, about a month ago, my family and I sat down and we watched a screener of a movie, and I didn't know what to think. Uh, it's called Selfie Dad, and it uh, stars nationally known Christian comedian Michael Jr., who has uh, for decades been performing comedy, and uh, he plays uh, dad kind of in a midlife crisis, and it's really funny. And I was thinking at that time, I was like, you know, we need funny because things are so serious with all this coronavirus going on. Michael Jr. joins me to talk about this movie. Again, it's called Selfie Dad. You go to SelfieDadMovie.com, and it's being released on what's called a premium VOD for Father's Day weekend, Friday, June 19th. Amazon, Google, iTunes, Fandango, Redbox, you buy it. And, uh, I, I do think it's gonna be a, it's a family movie, it's clean, and it's really funny, and we need funny. So Michael Jr., thanks so much for joining us. Good to talk with you. Yo, yo, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited, really, really excited to talk to somebody who's not in my house. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your comedy. I, I, I gotta admit, I, I don't follow the comedy scene too much, and, uh, I, I thought that the, the comedy, like I said, was clean, but you've been doing this for decades. So well, how would you describe your comedy style? Uh, I guess it's very extremely, uh, really observational. Yeah. Just whatever I notice, I kind of uh, I kind of end up looking at it with a, with a, with a slight angle and then I get to regurgitate it to the people. So, uh, I've been really, really blessed to be on the, have been on the Tonight Show a couple of times, Jimmy Kimmel. And then I was asked because asked to do a TED talk as well about the parallels of, cause I do this talk also about, uh, the parallels of life and comedy. So I did a TED talk on that. And, as well, uh, man, so it's fun. I love what I do. Yeah. Tell us about the movie. They, um, uh, written by and directed by a gentleman by the name of Brad Silverman. Uh, did they, did they come to you? Did you, how did this whole collaboration uh, get going? Yeah, so Brad had written the movie, and then he got all of his funding, everything together, and then I think he got his funding first. But then uh, I heard about it from a uh, from an agent and from actually two different sources. So after they became that aggressive, I just I read through the script. I like what I read a lot, but uh, you know some adjustments probably would need to be made just because I'm a you know I don't want to uh, I just want to make sure it clearly communicates as best as it possibly can if I want to be a part of it. So um, the great part about working with Brad and the guys who did, this, who did Selfie Dad is they they decided to allow me, because they know about my uh, my improbability, we hit all of the lines, we got the whole script down, the story is completely told, but then they would also allow me to improv throughout a scene. So if I felt like adding a little more to it after we got what we needed, I would improv. So there's a, there's quite a few scenes in there that are literally made up on the spot. There's one in particular where I, where my character Ben gets pulled over by the police, and um, it is 100% improv. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I love that so scene. None of this yeah. Stuff is, yeah, yeah. So it's what when when people go see this movie, like there's nothing written in that whole entire part right there. It's just completely improv. So it was fun that they allowed me to do that, and they allowed us to like we just had a lot of fun. So a lot of this movie you see, I think it'll be interesting if people watch it to try to figure out which ones are just kind of made up on the spot versus which ones are actually written. It's hard to tell, but it all comes together very well. Yeah. Tell us, uh, for those uh, not, most people listening right now have not seen it, much less uh, heard of the movie, the the whole title, Selfie Dad, where does that come from? What's the premise of the movie? 
So it's about an older dad who is, uh, I should say older, like he's still good looking and handsome and strong (laughs) and awesome, much like myself. Um, But he's a dad, and then he finds out from his son that you can make money on YouTube. Yeah. So he's like, wait a minute, you can make money by posting videos? So he was blown back by this. So he doesn't know anything about technology. So he just randomly says, look, I made a selfie, which isn't really a, a real line. So the son actually starts calling him like you'll see his son does something really, really slick in the movie that kind of takes things in a direction he was completely unexpecting. Yeah. And then um, as a result of that, his son mentions, calls him selfie dad. And then it just kind of sticks and then everything just blows up from there. And the way that the dad handles it is really, really bad. But then it gets really, really different. And you just got to see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped about this movie. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I have a little YouTube channel that I do. And as we were watching the movie, my, my wife turned to me and she said, this is this is your story. Because you know, I'm a middle-aged guy and I'm, I'm trying to do a, uh, you know, I'm spending time, you know, doing my YouTube channel. And I, you know, how, counting how many subscribers. And and I, I was, it was like, she said, this is about you. She couldn't believe it. But I, the other thing I thought was really cool that I could relate to was the relationship with your daughter in the movie. Uh, I mean, it was, it's real in that, you know, it shows the imperfections. It shows that kids aren't perfect, but there's forgiveness and there's, you know, misbehavior and uh, the relationship between you and the, your wife. And there's a lot of relational things going on as well, aren't there? Yeah, it, it really is. And one of the things I appreciate most about even that scene that you talk about with the girl played my daughter is that was a pretty, a pretty significant scene. I mean, there's scenes in there where I'm crying or whatever, but this scene right here was super significant, mainly because I felt drawn to the actress that played my daughter in a pretty significant way. And then since we filmed the movie, like we've spent a lot of time together. She's come out to uh, Texas where we live and, and stayed a week or so with our families and we fly out there. So that became super significant as well, just in, in general. So, um, yeah, that, that's a touching scene for me. But there's one scene in particular. I don't know if you caught this or not because we put it in there really slick and it was improv. But if you remember at the beginning of the movie, my daughter, the girl who plays my daughter, is in a play, right? Yeah. She's in a play, and and I don't know anything about the play. I don't know anything about it. I don't care about it. But I don't know if you remember what happens in the hallway scene later in the movie. What I was spoiling it. There's a there's a moment that me and her have in the hallway late at night yeah. in the movie that just connects those two. But what it really does, it connects us in a significant way. But if you missed it, you gotta watch it again because there, there's and it wasn't even planned out. Like the first part was improv, and then later on in the movie, in the hallway scene when it's dark outside, I mean when it's dark in the hallway, you'll see it. There's something that is barely mentioned. I mumble it a little bit. Oh, yeah. But it connects us in such a significant way. And in fact, that very scene is what helped connect me and the director as well in our understanding about how to write. It was just a super, just that little bitty scene in the hallway at dark. I'm sleepy. I got on pajamas. People got, you got to see it. It's so so cool, man. So I'll have to yeah, watch, have to watch it again and catch Father's that. Father's Day weekend too. Yeah, you know, I want to. I want to yeah. just Father's point point something out. A, a couple of things. I pretty much can't watch comedy movies because I. 
they're almost always dirty and uh, you know the 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 humor is blue mm-hmm. or you know and uh, I, I just I, that doesn't I, I love comedy but it's a genre that I just stay away from and also uh, you know we mm-hmm. watch a lot of Christian movies and there are a lot of really good ones uh, out there but uh, sometimes when I say hey you know to my kids hey let's watch this movie it's a Christian movie you know you'll get the eye roll but then if you say hey it's a, it's a comedy. You know, they, they will, they'll pay more attention. I just want you to comment on that. The fact that this is funny. It's Christian themed. The, the parents are, are nothing in it's going to embarrass the parents and the kids are going to love it as well. I think it's kind of a crowd pleaser all around. Yeah. The cool part about when, whenever there's some funny in it. Now we didn't set out to make this movie a comedy. We just set out to tell a really great story. And because yeah. they brought me on, we were able to find a lot of comedy. So what happens though is, People can, like, you can go and watch a musical act, and at the end of it, you can say, I didn't like her that much. And she could have sang her heart out, because it's still just you giving your opinion, whether it's true or you have something against the person. But with comedy, it's just truth. Meaning you either laugh or you're not going to laugh. You can't choose which one it's going to be. So with any film that has some comedy in it, if you laugh, then those moments are truly going to add to the movie, regardless, because... Even if you didn't like the story, and it just so happens Selfie Dad has a great story, and you get to laugh. I really believe, like, when people laugh, like, I created my comedy career off of it, my stand-up career. When people laugh, their hearts are open, and when your heart is open, you can make a deposit. Mm -hmm. So I understand you not wanting to watch comedy too much, because if you do laugh at a comedy and it's dirty, then whatever comes next is going to be deposited into your heart. So you want to be really smart about that, so you're wise by not watching too many things, because you don't want to get too much of that in your heart. But this this film right here in particular does have some really some some really engaging funny moments in it, and and I think the stuff that you learn is safe to deposit, and it will show up in your walk after this too. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I, I really and like I said, fifteen year old daughter, eleven year old daughter, me and my wife, a lot of different age ranges, and uh, we all liked it. And uh, so I do recommend everybody listening. Uh, to check this out, good Father's Day gift for your uh, your dad or your brother or your husband or uh, what have yeah. you. It's, uh, it's coming out June 19th, okay? Michael Jr. is a star. That's who I've been speaking to, nationally known Christian uh, comedian. And like he said, it's uh, even if you stripped all the, the, the humor away, it's still, uh, it's still a beautiful story. But the humor just makes it, well, funny, yeah. <laughs> as humor is supposed to do. And they can uh, watch it at home. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did, selfiedadmovie.com. Watch it at home. Yeah, and yeah. um, and so yes. Yeah, so, do you, do you have kids yourself, Michael? I do, man. I have five kids, man. I love being a dad. The best name I've ever been called is dad. Yeah, like, it is the best. Do they like the I movie? Love being a dad. They, they, but they're so used to your high humor. Nope. Do they? Do they like no, it? I'm just trying. <laughs> yeah, they actually did like the movie. Actually, we're gonna have another. We're gonna have a premiere at the house because we're just a. Uh, Close family, we're going to do a premiere, so that's going to be pretty cool. Oh, cool. Hey, you say you're from Texas. Well, where, together again. whereabouts in Texas do you, are you from? Uh, we live in Dallas, but I am from Michigan. Oh, And wow. I moved to New York City. Okay. We're in Los Angeles. Now we're in Dallas. We oh. like it a lot. We really, this is where we're supposed to be. I oh, like that's cool. That's where our studio is. We're in Irving. So you ought to come, come by, just stop by the studio sometime. 
Uh, all right. Uh, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's, here. that's where we are. In fact, I just interviewed a, a lady right before you and she's from, uh, Michigan and I'm from Michigan. And so this is kind of, kind of freaking me out. Everybody I'm talking to is from Michigan and now living in oh, Texas. Oh, yeah, from Grand Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how awesome. Hey, uh, great to talk with you. Thanks so much. And again, I encourage everybody listening right now, check out selfiedadmovie.com. I promise you you'll laugh. It's a touching movie. You might shed a tear. Uh, but in the end, it's just a good, wholesome movie with a good meaning and a, a great message. And uh, it is about a dad who, you know, makes his mistakes like we all do. But uh, in the end, he comes around thanks to our good Lord. Uh, so, my, Michael Jr., thanks so much. Great to talk with you. And I appreciate you spending some time with us today. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you, bro. All right. Yeah. St. Anne Parish in Coppell invites all KATH 910 AM listeners to join them for their next Alpha Series. Alpha is a series of 11 sessions that explores life, spirituality, and the Christian faith in a fun, non-judgmental environment. The next round of Alpha courses begins online on Thursday, June 11th from 7 to 9 p.m. To register, visit stannparish.org. That's s-t-a-n-n-parish.org. Sacred Heart Books and Gifts is once more open to the public. For your safety and convenience, they will still offer to-go orders by phone or email for mailing and curbside pickup. Further developments, updates, and virtual shopping merchandise photos can be found at their website, sacredheartdallas.com, or give them a call at 972-250-2100. Sacred Heart is a longtime sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. And thank you for joining us. Thanks to Diane Xavier running the board today, producing the program. My name is Dave Palmer. And, uh, you know, I talk many times about the, the broad uh, spectrum of topics that we talk about in this program. And many of them are light and some are fun. Some are, you know, talking about events. And every now and then we got to talk about a pretty serious topic. And this is what we're going to be doing today, uh, talking about what I guess could be called a, even a pandemic in the age when everybody's talking about pandemics. And that is of domestic violence. It's something that uh, is not an easy topic to talk about, uh, but it's an important one because it does afflict a lot of people, particularly women in uh, domestic violence, uh, violent situations. And so I want to thank, first of all, Alicia Salcedo from the Diocese of Dallas because she's the one, she's not here on the air with us today, but she's the one that has uh, mm-hmm. organized it and gathered uh, some great guests together to talk about this topic. So I do want to welcome three guests uh, who we have on today, Deacon Charlie Stump is Director of Pastoral Care for the Diocese of Dallas. Barbara Langdrigan, Director of Safe Environment for the Catholic Diocese of Dallas. And also Mary Fimian, who I'm meeting for the first time. Uh, she is here in studio, professional social worker, 30 years of combined social work and outreach experience. And uh, we welcome all of you, some on the phone, some in studio, but uh, to talk about this very important topic. So thanks and welcome to each of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Deacon Charlie, let me start with you. Uh, you and I have spoken about a lot of different topics, Rachel's Vineyard and uh, even the, the, the coronavirus pandemic. You seem to wear a lot of hats. Uh, <laughs> you're not officially wearing a hat physically right now, but uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, how, what, what is your involvement or why were you chosen, do you think, in particular for, for this particular topic? Well, I think a lot of times people feel more comfortable coming to the church and oftentimes they start out saying that they need spiritual guidance or there's some issues going on that they'd like to discuss. And so uh, 
they call the diocese looking for help. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally, because of my pastoral care background, we start out there in a pastoral role of just listening. But oftentimes that listening gives them the opportunity to begin to trust. Mm-hmm. And once they start to trust, they realize that uh, they need to share something else that's happening in their lives, which may be violence in the home mm-hmm. and uh, in their relationships. So that's where I often hear the people coming and telling their stories and, and trying to, once that happens, then we have to say, okay, what can we do to help them out of this situation? Yes. Even when I preach about it, I, I'm uh, liturgically I'm assigned at the cathedral, and if I bring that subject up during a homily or something like that, I often get calls later uh, saying, you know, this is happening with me. What should I do? How can I get out of this? What can we do to help my husband or my wife in in that situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we think about uh, domestic violence, mm-hmm. uh, we all have an image in our mind: uh, the the battered wife, the battered right. girlfriend. And so, uh, Mary Femian, again, licensed professional social worker, thirty years of combined experience. Uh, what is family violence? Comes in many forms, many victims. How, how would you kind of define what it is? Yeah, well, the definition is it's a, you know, it's, it's violence in an intimate relationship, um, between two, uh, intimate partners. So that could be husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, <clears throat> and, uh, violence typically, um, that's kind of secretive sometimes, mm-hmm. intimate at home a lot. Um, they may look kind of normal, um, like an everyday couple on the outside, um, but on the inside at home, um, there can be violence uh, physically, um, a lot of humiliation, mm-hmm. um, a lot of control, power issues over one another. It can come in many different forms in terms of um, how do you with electronics and um, um, humiliating in front of children. The children get involved. Um, so it's 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 a broad kind of base um, category for intimate violence in the home mm-hmm. and uh, i mentioned how it's a pandemic and of course we're dealing with the pandemic of uh, covid19 mm-hmm. now as well and uh, i think maybe exacerbation of uh, domestic violence may be because there's frustration and loss of jobs and uh, you, you know every, everybody's life without exception has been turned upside down uh barbara Landrigan, again director mm-hmm. of safe environment for the catholic diocese of dallas uh, when i see your title i i think of safe environment for children basically and parents life for the most part, but uh, does, does your work in, uh, broaden out to involve something like, like domestic violence, or what's the relationship between those two? Well, it does, because if domestic violence is going on in the home between parents, the very simple fact that children are witnessing that means that they're being abused. If you think of the safety and security of a child that's witnessing parents fighting or one belittling the other, how this, how that affects the child. And it would affect the child when it leaves the home and goes to school or to church or anywhere else. So the child simply by witnessing it is being abused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, church teaching, of course, everybody would say, well, of course, the church is going to be against violence. We know that. Uh, is, does, does the church, uh, yeah, I guess, even on the local or the you know, the, 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 the Vatican have anything official that it teaches about and maybe anything in the Diocese of Dallas, uh, Deacon Charlie, that, that someone could turn to? Well, I recall that uh, 
back in the late 90s, we began to see this emerge, uh, the awareness of domestic violence in the home. And oftentimes back in those days, uh, somebody came into confession. They would confess, my husband's doing this to me. And the priest would say, well, go home and don't burn the chicken next time. Mm-hmm. But now they're starting to realize, no, this is a real issue. The church realizes it's an issue and that we need to be able to have resources for these, for the victims and for the families that are dealing with domestic violence. So currently on our uh, webpage under the Family Life Ministry that uh, Alicia kind of spearheads are resources for uh, finding a way to look for help in that area. And uh, oftentimes uh, it has to be done secretly. We can't tell the, the perpetrator, oh, we're doing this, but it helps the victim to be able to find a way out and to know that there's help out there. And the church wants to be there to, to support them and help them. Mm-hmm. The website for the Dallas Diocese, cathdow.org, and a lot of resources there. And, of course, you can find phone numbers and uh, contact information uh, there as well, cathdow.org. And uh, we're talking about domestic violence. Again, my guest, Deacon Charlie Stump, uh, Barbara Landrigan, and Mary Fimian, a licensed professional social worker as well. Let's talk about some of the warning signs because somebody, you know, we all, we all really only live in our relationship with our family and we may, there may be some things going on that uh, you just think, oh, that's just kind of happening in all relationships and, uh, but maybe they are warning signs that maybe there is a problem and maybe there could be some escalation. So what are some warning signs, Mary, that, uh, somebody listening may look at and say, you know, this isn't normal or maybe this is leading to something uh, a little bit more uh, sinister? Right. Now, it's a great question. Um, no, I think it like, um, you know, in the dating stages, you obviously look for, um, somebody that's not in, doesn't control you, um, mm-hmm. that wants the best for you. Um, so, um, that should look like, um, appropriate boundaries. This person should, um, care about, um, that y- your need for privacy and electronics and Facebook and things, um, um, the person shouldn't need to know where you are at every second. So over checking in, um, what might be seen as kind of, uh, like lots of healthy attention, maybe you may feel like, oh yeah, he's calling me all the time. He's checking in with me all the time. Uh, but that, that can be, you know, an overstep of bound, of healthy boundaries, yeah. right? And most people should have a sense that, uh, like you say, it may feel good right. temporarily because I love the attention. Maybe I didn't get as much attention from my dad as I like, but this guy showed me tons of it. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Landrigan, uh, mm-hmm. talk about the way the diocese, maybe in ma- marriage preparation or anything that you want to add to that about warning signs, particularly in the courtship phase, the engagement phase, when it's a lot easier to get out uh, if, yeah. there, if there are warning signs. Do you want anything you want to add to that? Well, in marriage prep, but also in, I believe in our high schools and, and our, some of our faith formation for high school students, they talk about things like this. For instance, if someone, if people hadn't paid much attention to me and all of a sudden I had a boyfriend who was calling me 15 times a day, wanting to know who I, my friends with and all, that could be flattering, mm-hmm. but you have to look for the signs of, them showing up at the places where you work to meet your people. Some of that looks good, but over a period of time, then they will begin to eliminate because one of the things that an abuser does is isolate the person. Mm -hmm. So if they're criticizing your friends and uh, set it up to where you are marking your 
eliminating people from your Facebook page or your Instagram account because this other person doesn't think they're good for you. Well, this can be a sign. They're warning signs way before maybe that they would actually physically abuse you. They begin to isolate you. So I think we have some programs uh, to help dating couples, young couples, uh, be aware of this as they're growing up. And certainly with marriage preparation, there are uh, questions that they ask before you marry about this sort of thing to help you to be more aware Kind of that black and white thinking you'll mm-hmm. see sometimes, you know, yeah. if people, if, if that guy thinks that some, his boss is all good or all bad, yeah. you, that would be a warning sign that, um, because then ultimately if the boss is all bad or all good, mm-hmm. then ultimately the wife or the intimate partner yeah. becomes all or, bad or good. Or even worse yet, yeah. uh, the, the, the mother-in-law is all bad or all good and you, you yeah, know, the black and white, that, that's or a good point as or, well. Yeah. Violence history. Like if, if he's, gotten into fights before in high school and um, drinking and drugs contribute mm-hmm. to all this. Um, mental illness. Mental uh, yeah, illness. A lot of things. Huge. I got to yeah, check those uh, things off the list. Uh, in the marriage prep uh, programs, like uh, Barbara's talking about, Deacon Charlie, one thing I'm aware of, I'm, I'm a father of two daughters, 15 and 11, and I heard one time uh, daughters often marry men like their, their fathers. Uh, and so I, I'm aware, even at this stage, of setting an example for the way I treat them uh, for the guys that they may eventually marry if they are, in fact, called to marriage. Uh, any advice in that regard for fathers? who are listening of how they or mothers for that reason but I'm thinking particularly of fathers because I am one of, of how they treat their daughters oh yes well we, we realize that it's always important to have a healthy relationship and healthy boundaries between a father and daughter and to show respect for them in that relationship um, and I think it's up to the father to kind of set the boundaries for his daughter to help her to recognize a healthy relationship in other men especially when she begins dating um, oftentimes, you know, the age that you're talking about, they don't want to listen to dad. But, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> but, I, but I think eventually they begin to get the picture. You yeah. Know, this is not a healthy relationship. So, so the father mentoring that type of relationship helps the daughter to recognize this is what I want in a man. This is who I want. Now then, in, in families that where they've witnessed domestic violence, oftentimes the, the young girl grows up and marries somebody just like her father. And that's a real issue that that has to be uh, dealt with and helped out. And so it's up to the family, it's up to the church, it's up to the community to help those young people to recognize what is a healthy relationship. Yes. And Barbara, if somebody, unfortunately, it's very likely somebody listening to this interview right now is suffering from abuse in one way or another. Uh, we, we just know that's the case because it is pretty rampant. Uh, what should they do? What should be the first step? Any resources, uh, any, any advice that you might give a woman or a man who might be suffering from some kind of violence at home? Well, of course, if they're in immediate danger, they should call 911. And then there is the domestic uh, violence hotline number, which they could call. But oftentimes there are people in these relationships who one reason or another can't leave them. And they'll, they'll want to leave them. They love this person. But they need to put in plan a safety plan where they... Um, um, they can plan ahead rather than um, 
you know, for somebody, so if they have a safety plan, they should do things like if they see an argument starting, don't try to move, get out of the bathroom or the kitchen somewhere where you're trapped or whether there's dangerous things. And they can practice home safety. They can ident- think ahead, identify ways that they can keep themselves and their children safe. They can have, um, if they think they might have to leave suddenly, they need to have a bag packed and a place to go. They need to make a plan in their mind so that when there there is a crisis, they have an idea of what they um what they can do and how they can keep themselves and their children safe until something can be done to help the uh, the person get help so that they won't abuse them. Yeah, and oftentimes, you know, it's very difficult to leave. There's probably a financial safety oh, net. Yeah. There's kids involved. There's a house. There's a mortgage. It's not just like yeah, okay. Right. And, and yeah. also, I, I think, yeah. uh, and maybe Mary, you can point. You can talk about this. There's a a, a danger in leaving because yeah. now you've really, really upset that person. Yeah. You know, whereas in right. the past you you're, poke you're, you're, the bear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Good, yeah. Way good to put it. So uh, speak yeah. on that. Uh, the the yeah, just I know kinda, Barbara did a great job of describing the you know some safety measures. What I love about um, the, you know, domestic violence uh, shelters and counseling teams, they're phenomenal at, they they even break it down, the um, safety planning into different types of safety planning, like safety planning if you're going to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, all of us want say, complete safety for the woman that's being beaten. Um, but if that's not going to happen, it doesn't happen maybe the first time or the first call. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. they'll break down with you and a, a person and with as little judgment as they possibly can. Those counselors are great at safety planning for what if you stay in the home? What are the, like Barbara talked about, the safety measures that you can take while you're in the home, mm-hmm. uh, protecting your children, protecting you, uh, places in the home that are most safe, um, getting away from weapons and such and um, knowing his triggers. Um, but then, then a plan if you leave. There's, there's a whole laundry list of things that the counseling staff will walk you through on things to do as you're leaving. Um, documents you need to have, monies, um, um, you know, um, you know, your physical safety is mm-hmm. really ultimately it. So, um, and that's the beauty of these shelters is they have full teams of people. They have counseling teams. They have, um, Detective, I mean, or the criminal system and the judicial system is involved and they have a legal team. They have counseling for the children, counseling for the adults, counseling for the batters. Um, so it's a total team to get that lady out of there safely. Yeah, yeah sure. And what, is. but she's empowered, right? She gets control. She knows his triggers. She knows his pattern. She knows his work schedule. She knows his, um, his scenarios. He knows what's she knows what's going to set him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah. they're going to work with that. They're not going to say, judge that. They're going to say, okay, how can we, the team is going to over the phone, maybe work with her on let's, here's an, here's an exit strategy, a safe exit strategy, but you're in control. You know him best. Yes. So, yeah. The, the topic is domestic violence and, uh, very happy to have three experts in, uh, two in studio, one on the phone with me. Deacon Charlie Stump is director of pastoral care for the Diocese of Dallas. Barbara Landrigan, director of safe environment for the Catholic Diocese of Dallas. And Mary Fimian is licensed professional social worker, 30 years of combined social work and outreach experience. And, uh, Barbara, I know at the diocese there's a tribunal and they handle annulment cases. Uh, we, yes. as Catholics, we 
never want to rush anybody into an annulment or a, a civil divorce. Of course, the, the church doesn't believe in divorce, but there are civil divorces. Uh, do, do you know, obviously, we, we don't want anybody to get divorced or annulled. How, what about the, the hope that maybe there could be some reconciliation? Maybe there could be some help. I don't know if this is a Deacon Charlie question or a Barbara, but uh, do we find that maybe some success stories? Yeah. Or men can yeah. come around, right? <laughs> right. And really... The abuser can get help, and there are groups that are for abusers. Now, marriage counseling would be dangerous at this point as long as there's abuse going on. Yeah. So they, they would both need counseling, but separately. But there are there are groups that work with men and help them to see because most men who are our abusers don't know they are. If you had a group of them together and we're talking to them, they would say the abuser was a different race, a different economic group, a different church, a different something. So until they come to the realization that, yes, they are an abuser and can begin to work on that, because it's a learned behavior. I mean, they didn't inherit it. Mm-hmm. It was a learned behavior. And so if they begin to work on themselves. And once the abuse stops, then the couple could go for marriage uh counseling and help them to work together so there are success stories but the abuser has to be willing to recognize the fact that yes they're an abuser and he didn't hit her because she was late coming home he hit her for his own reasons so then there are success stories and that's what we would like to hear you know but nobody has to live with an abuser i mean so they have to work on it, and the abuser has to be willing. And Mary was talking about the shelters and how they work with people and and help them to work together eventually. Yeah, and Dick and Charlie, maybe there is a man listening right now who's having that epiphany moment of saying, you know what, I have been denying this for many years, and I, I do fit that category, and I, I need to make make myself right. And maybe, right. maybe that could be one of the benefits of an interview like this. What's the first step for him? Who should he reach out to? Well, I think the first thing is to realize that there is an issue here. Uh, anger flares up oftentimes and rage. It's like touching sunburn, you know, when you touch it, how it hurts and burns. And so oftentimes they don't recognize that they're getting, going into this pattern of, of anger. And it's trying to understand what's underneath the anger, what's emotions are underneath there that we have to help them resolve. So recognizing that, yes, I have an anger issue. Yes, I need help. It's like trying to lead an alcoholic to stop drinking, you know, yeah. but the same thing is they have to come to that realization. Also, they have to realize if they can stop the violence in the home, they can stop the violence in the street. Uh, we, as they've said, we, this is a learned process, and we have to recognize that there's really help out there to help them with their anger issues. Yeah. Uh, Mary, COVID-19 has <laughs> exacerbated everything. You're talking about poking a bear. We've all had, we've all been poked, you know, and, and everybody, nobody's life has been untouched by this. Some have lost jobs. They're underemployed. They, they're staying at home. We're all, you know, tell, tell us about maybe from your own practice or what you've seen out yeah. there of how the COVID yeah. thing has <laughs> exacerbated the problems. I in think this you're bear. right. Yeah. Now everything, right? Isolation, we're more isolated, we're, we're lonely, there's less structure. Um, so that impacts the whole family, whether there's domestic violence or not, right? We're all experiencing that. But yeah. uh, we're seeing, yeah, uh, where I work, we're seeing increased um, cases of abuse, the intensity, the frequency, because it's we're home more, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're li- living a life in, in secret, of secret of 
violence or anything, addiction, it's just going to get, everything's going to get exacerbated. And we're not, and unfortunately what's hard about all this is that, um, you know, I work with children. Um, and so typically the schools are such an oversight that yeah. this, the teacher, the nurses, you know, are, um, kind of watching out for, um, the family in a way. Uh, so the schools are gone. So we don't have people watching, um, and observing. Everything's happening in secret and everything's escalated. There's more time alone, financial stressors, increase aggression, violence. Um, you add alcohol use probably and drug use escalating. Um, so the children are more in danger. The women typically are more in danger. So mm-hmm. domestic violence we're worried, really worried about, and we're worried about child abuse. Yes, for sure. Uh, Barbara, as we wrap things up, just have a few minutes remaining. Can you uh, okay. go over some of the resources again? If somebody is on either side of this uh, and uh, either the perpetrator or the victim or they know somebody, uh, what are some of the resources? What, what should they do and where, where can they go to learn more? Well, there's the domestic violence hotline that they can call, and that number is 469-480-0348. And um, there are, of course, 911 if there's immediate danger, but places like the family place, um, that's a good place to call. Um, Hope's Door is another New Beginning Center. That's a place to call. Bright Tomorrow's. Catholic Charities, um, certainly, and if they call their parish, parishes may have groups that can uh, work with them. Uh, hopefully, they do have some groups where they can work. Uh, something else that's real important, I think, in domestic violence are men who will work with other men. Mm-hmm. Think how powerful it would be if a man in a neighborhood was abusing his family and the other men in the neighborhood went and knocked on his door and said, men who live in this neighborhood don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then if you went to the office and men that work there would go up to him and say, men who work here don't treat their wife and their children this way. And then if when he went to the church, if the pastor and other men would go up to him and say, men who worship here don't treat their family this way. That would be an enormous, powerful thing for that man to recognize the problem. Yeah, and I, and I also add to that, those are great, great uh, advice. Uh, there are groups that I'm involved in, like the North Texas Catholic mm-hmm. Men's Conference, the, Ca- yeah. the Catholic Brothers for Christ, Exodus 90, uh, uh, Covenant Keepers, and every one of these groups are, are Catholic men that love their wives. Well, none of us are perfect, but we're all trying <laughs> to honor our wives. And so I would say, you know, to, to echo your, uh, what we've already said is, get involved with some some good men and, and have yeah, have a have right. a have a support system you can't do it all by yourself uh deacon charlie i'll finish with you of course we have uh, some examples of uh saints uh, I, I think of saint monica i don't know if she was physically abused but she had a husband who was uh, much less than perfect and a son as well i might add and you know not to say we only pray while the woman's being abused in the house but it also we'd be remiss to say that prayer and uh, spiritual life uh, and uh, maybe some spiritual direction is also part of the thing Again, get out in an abuse situation, but also the power of prayer through all this as well. Well, It's important to have the power of prayer, but what happens oftentimes is that the perpetrator is one that's it's difficult for them to feel humble 
And sometimes prayer, meaning that I have to be humble in order to pray, but that's the beginning of helping them is to recognize that they are powerless in the situation that they are in. They need God's help. They need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to help them through this process, but also they need relationships with healthy uh, believers and uh, reach out to the church for these men to help uh, find help also. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many more things we could talk about, uh, but uh, Diane has given me the wrap-up uh, <laughs> sign, so I'm going to wrap it up. And again, uh, cathdow.org is, is the website for the Catholic Diocese. You can get in touch with uh, you know uh, Barbara or Deacon Charlie or uh, uh, perhaps Mary as well mm-hmm. through, through the website indirectly as well. I want to thank all of you. Deacon Charlie Stump, uh, Director of Pastoral Care for the Diocese of Dallas. Barbara Landrigan uh, works as Director of Safe Environment for the Diocese of Dallas, and also Mary Fimian, uh, Licensed Professional Social Worker. And uh, thanks to all of them. And again, uh, Alicia Saucedo, thank you. I know you're listening <laughs> uh, for all the work and uh, lining all this up on the Spanish side as well. Of course, we've got a whole different team doing the Spanish interview, but it's an important topic. And we just, uh, I guess the final thing we say is that if you are impacted by this, seek help and uh, don't let this continue to linger for your sake and also for the sake of your family and for your your spouse as well because nobody's benefiting from a a, a violent relationship thanks also to diane xavier for running the board Mm -hmm. and thank you for listening if you have suggestions for future interviews of the week i can be reached at dave palmer at grnonline.com god bless you Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and longtime sponsor of GRN. I have been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese for the past eight years, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. Are you a woman who has been deeply affected by abortion? Are you looking for healing and a chance to be with others in the same situation? Healing After Abortion Ministry is offering two opportunities to come to the beautiful Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. It will be held on August 7th through 9th and November 13th through 15th. To register or for more information, contact healing at projectjoseph.org or call 469 720-CARE. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human lives, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. ATH 910 AM 2020 Summer Speaker Series event is on Thursday, July 23rd with guest speaker Monsignor Charles Pope. And you know, the church has seen a lot come and go in 2,000 years. Nations have risen and fallen. Empires have come and gone, all in the age of the church. Yet still we're here, still preaching, still proclaiming, sometimes from jail, but we're still preaching the gospel. Tickets go on sale June 15th at grnonline.com.
This is Julie Carrick with We Sing Our Faith, bringing you a great song from Tori Harris from her album Sweet Delore, Hearts Once Stone. I am dust, dust I will be, and you will breathe life into me, and oh, 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 back to the stars.
for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 